All right. Um, I'm just going to open up and pray. Um, Lord God, we just thank you for another day. You've given us this day as a gift. And Lord, we are grateful to have life. We're grateful, Lord, um, for you choosing us to know you. And uh, Lord, I just thank you for speaking today. You've already been just expressing who you are and your goodness through this service. And God, your word will not return to you void. So Lord, I pray you just prepare our hearts to receive what you are speaking. I thank you, Holy Spirit. You know every need in this place. Everyone has a need. And Lord, I just pray that through your word that we would just grab and receive the promises of God to change us and to make us different, to make us pleasing to you, that we can um, share your goodness and a testimony of Jesus with the lost and dying world. Lord, build our faith in Jesus. And I'm trusting that's what you've been doing and what you're gonna continue to do. So I just bless you, Lord, and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Um, so good to be here, such an honor. Um, I'm just so blessed to see what God is doing in Truly's life and just taking that step of faith. Um, so today, we're actually going to talk about faith, a pretty common theme in the Word of God. And recently, God has been building our faith here at Lighthouse. Um, Justin, maybe a week and a half ago, spoke about Gideon and uh, the unbelief he was in, but how God was so gracious and so patient with Gideon to lead him from a place of fear and unbelief into being a mighty man of valor. And that happened by faith. But Gideon didn't start there. But this God was patient with Gideon to lead him to a place of faith, to leading an army, to defeating armies. But where Gideon knew it was the Lord. And, uh, and then last Sunday, pastor was speaking about Moses and similar situation. Uh, we're gonna get into some of that most likely, but again, here's Moses, just unbelief, um, you know, doubting, looking at himself, but God had a call on his life. God was saying, no, Moses, look to me. I wanna use your life, but you gotta look to me. You gotta put your faith in me, God, and I will use you. And that's what God's doing in us. He's causing us so graciously, he's not a condemning God. He's causing us to go to acknowledge our unbelief, our fears, our doubts, our inadequacies, whatever. But he's graciously, gradually leading us to a place of a faith that is rooted in Christ, a faith that is solid, that will stand for the word of God, a faith that will believe for lost souls, a faith that will bring a beautiful testimony to Jesus. This is real. We're in a war. We are in a war, and the enemy wants to quench and stifle faith. He wants to tame our faith, but God is building our faith. So praise the Lord. I'm just grateful. I do believe the Lord put this uh, on my heart, and I'm just so grateful to share this. Um, so a question is, what is faith? We hear that a lot. Um, Many of us are familiar with Hebrews 11.1, 1, which gives us a, a definition of faith. And it says, now faith 
is the assurance or the substance of things hoped for, the conviction or the evidence of things not seen. So faith is an assurance of things you're hoping for. And it's an assurance or evidence of things you don't even see. That's faith. It's not necessarily what's right here. It's faith in something I don't see, but I believe it's real. God is building that in us. Uh, Strong describes faith as um, a moral conviction. So again, there's that word faith. It's a conviction. Especially reliance upon Christ for salvation. It's an assurance and a belief. So when we talk about faith, it's an assurance. Faith is a conviction. Faith is a belief, especially reliance on Christ. And I like to liken faith to trust. If I have faith in God and his word, that means I trust God and his word. So faith in God is actually having faith in his word. How do we know God? Well, we believe God gave us these words through the Hebrew people. He gave us the Bible. And the word of God is how God speaks to mankind. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is breathed out by God or all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So this Bible is God speaking to man. So God has given us a way where we can hear God. We can hear what is God saying? Who is God? What is his character? Well, to find that out, we go to the word of God. So this is God speaking to us. There's warnings in here. There's admonishment. There's encouragement. There's promises. It's amazing that God spoke through flawed, sinful people so that we can know him and partake in a relationship with him. What an amazing God. So faith is trust. It's an assurance. And faith in God is faith in his word. So if I have faith in God, that means I'm putting my faith in what the word of God says. I'm trusting what the Bible says more than how I feel in the moment, more than what my circumstances are dictating. No, my trust is in God so my trust is in his word. That's rock solid. Our feelings, our emotions are not rock solid. But thank God we have something permanent. We have something eternal to ground ourselves in. We're weak beings. We can't stand certain trials in our own strength. But God has given us something rock solid, permanent to ground ourselves in. And it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's given us what we need. He's given us what we need to live a life of trusting him, a life of victory, a life of gratitude. God has not left us helpless like lost sheep. He's our shepherd. He's given us what we need. So today I'm just gonna share a few things, I guess aspects about faith. What does faith look like? And uh, just believe God's gonna use his word to build our faith. So, um, first of all, faith depends on the mercy of God, not on self-righteous works. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 18, you're welcome to turn there, verses 35 through 43. Luke 18, 35 through 43. And I'm going to say that again, faith in God depends on the mercy of God. 
All right. So Luke 18, 35. This is just about Jesus. As he, Jesus, drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover or receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. Or your trust, your assurance, your belief has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. So a faith that's going to last, I'm going to call a commendable faith, is a faith that depends on the mercy of God. So this blind beggar, blind Bartimaeus, there wasn't anything noble about him and his situation or what he was doing. He was a blind man, and what was he doing? Begging. It's not necessarily a real noble act. He was begging. He, there wasn't a, a, a whole lot of uh, nobility or whatever about him. But when he heard Jesus was coming, what did he say? Son of David, have mercy on me. And people rebuked him to be silent. But what did he do? He didn't care. I may look like a fool for this. This is not what they think I should do. But I need something different. I need help. I want to see. I want healing. I want peace. And I believe that this man is the one that can give me what I need. He was convicted of that. He was assured of that. He was confident of that. And therefore, he didn't keep his mouth shut. He acted in faith. Son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet. Son of David, have mercy on me. That was faith. That was a trust in Jesus. Amen. So this man was not trusting in his own works. And if we are going to have a faith that is going to endure trials and temptations. If we're going to have a faith that's going to be commendable before God, we cannot depend on our own efforts. Isaiah 64, 6 talks about all your righteous deeds are like polluted garments. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. That's faith. Faith is not rooted in you. Faith is not rooted in you and your works. A commendable faith 
and enduring faith is rooted in Jesus, son of David. So when you have those moments where you're doubting, when you're struggling, when maybe you're starting to depend on yourself, just turn and say, son of David, have mercy on me. So God is wanting to build a commendable faith in us, but it must be rooted in Jesus. It must be rooted in what he did on the cross. We must be convicted of and believe in what he did. And I'm not gonna spend too much time on this, but it is something else I want to mention. It's a good thing to see our need. When you see your need, that's not a time to go into self-pity. That's what we naturally wanna do. That doesn't disqualify you from receiving life and peace and power from God. Your need, your lack does not disqualify you. In fact, it can help qualify you for the mercy of God to come to your life. So don't disqualify yourself. Don't um, get into self-pity when you see your need. God meets our needs. His uh, grace is sufficient. His strength is perfected in what? Our weakness. So we got to get our eyes off of ourselves. It's like Moses. He even asked God in Exodus, I believe it's three or four, but he eventually said, God, please send someone else. And in a, earlier he said, I, uh, what was it? My, my tongue, I'm slow of speech. Moses, he, he was weak. He saw his need, but you know what? Ultimately, God led him to believe. So I just want to encourage you, in your weakness, don't disqualify yourself from receiving from God or from being filled with God and used by God. Come on, God uses weak people. He uses weak people who have turned and put their faith, their trust in who he is. It's not just about being weak. It's about being weak and recognizing who he is and putting your faith in him. It's what he did to Gideon. It's what he did to Moses. And that's what he's doing in us. So don't be discouraged in your weakness, okay? Look to him. Say, God, this is uncomfortable. I don't like this, but you're showing me my dependency on you. Again, faith depends on his mercy. Let's be a people who depend on his mercy, not our own efforts, his mercy. Um, a commendable faith also depends on the integrity and the goodness of God. If we don't believe that God is a God of integrity, then how can we trust him? I mean, do you trust someone that lies? Do you trust someone that breaks his word or her word consistently? No. If we don't believe that God is perfectly faithful, then our faith will waver. A commendable faith, an enduring faith, trusts and believes in the integrity and the goodness of God. Numbers 23, 19, I'm not gonna read the whole passage, but says, God is not a man that he should lie. God does not lie. 
It's not in his nature or character. And John 17, 17, uh, John says, sanctify us through your truth. Your word is truth. The word of God is truth. We're gonna be faced with all kind of lies from our own hearts and from the deceiver, the liar. But we have to stand on the word of God as truth. If we're gonna be people of faith with a commendable faith that brings a testimony to Jesus, then we've gotta believe in his integrity. I don't, Lord, I don't feel it. Lord, I don't understand it. Why did this happen? Lord, this seems unfair. Okay, we can acknowledge it. We have to turn from that and say, Lord, your promise is that God causes all things to work together for good to those that love God and are called to his purpose. Getting our eyes off of our circumstances onto his integrity and his goodness. Because the first, I believe it's the first lie that Satan brought to Eve was, did in Genesis, um, I think it's Genesis 3. Yeah, Genesis 3, 1, and it's the latter part. He says, did God actually say, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? So Satan is bringing a lie to Eve. God spoke a promise to Adam and Eve, and Satan is countering that with a lie. So Satan, the adversary of God and of our soul, is going to bring lies through the culture. Uh, it happens through our own flesh, our own wicked hearts apart from Christ. We have to stand on the word of God and say, no, God, I'm believing that you are the one that will satisfy me. When temptation knocks, no, God, that's a lie. I am dead to sin, but alive to God in righteousness. That sin will not fulfill me. That sin is not going to satisfy me. And we have to stand and say, Jesus, you satisfy me in faith. You don't feel it, but it's in faith, in trust, in a conviction of his integrity and his goodness. So again, a commendable faith or an enduring faith depends on the mercy of God, not our own self-righteous works. But a commendable faith also believes in the integrity and the goodness of God. We must choose to believe in the goodness of God. So with that, I would say something to ponder is what lies do we believe? What lies do you still hold on to in your heart and in your mind? What lies do I? There's still some, we all still battle. We, you know, but this is a time to seek the Lord and, and acknowledge where we're not believing him, where we're not believing in his goodness and acknowledge it and turn and repent. And we do that by standing on the word of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit and with the help of the body of Christ. As we heard Joe testify, we need each other. We need people who are filled with the Holy Spirit who are not just gonna tell us what we want to hear in our flesh, but people who have God in them, who will speak truth, who will have a comfort that goes beyond human comfort, a comfort that comes from the Holy Spirit. We need each other. This is a time to come together even more. It's not a time to isolate. It's not a time to depend on our own 
uh, abilities and all that. It's time to come together because it's gonna help us to put our faith in God and not in ourselves. So praise the Lord. He's building our faith, church. God has been and he is continuing to build our faith. So also, a commendable faith depends on the power of God. It does not depend on our own ability or our inabilities. Like I mentioned about Moses and Gideon, they were afraid or they didn't want to, depending on themselves. There are things that God is calling you to do, calling me to do, us to do, that we will not do it with gratitude or with joy or with power if we're leaning on our own efforts. There are things God is calling us to do that we absolutely need the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, the love of God to be able to walk this out. Jesus said, anyone who will come after me must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Does that happen naturally? Absolutely not. We love self. I think every human loves him or herself. It's natural. That's our sinful tendency. But if we are truly pursuing God, surrendering our life like truly has done, saying, it's not about me anymore. Jesus, you are my Lord. Then we absolutely need to depend on the power of God to love others. Because faith works by love and we cannot love others outside of the power of God working in us. But how much time are we in his word, in his presence? How much time are we investing into renewing our minds? What does that look like for us daily? It's not just a one-time thing. It's a cultivation. It's cultivating a lifestyle of spending time in his presence so that we can have his heart and his power in us. Let's be a people who cultivates devotional time with God so that we can have his power and we depend on his power. Uh, Ephesians 3.20 says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly or more abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now, to me, that's a beautiful passage. And in faith, we choose to believe that. So God is able to do way beyond what I can ask him or think in my human mind. Do we really believe that? Do I really believe that? If I could be really honest, no, I don't, like I should. I'm like Gideon, I'm like Moses, but you know what? There's a gracious, patient God who wants to bring glory to his name because that's the best for his creation. He wants to save lost sinners who are addicted, who are, people who are in depression, people who are contemplating suicide, people who are atheist and totally blind. But God is wanting us to get to a place where we believe that, that whatever we're asking him according to his will, that he can do beyond it. That's faith. That's trust. And 
like we've learned, it's not always that we're just really strong, like, yeah, God, you got it. No, he sees where we're at. But let's believe him. Let's continue to believe him in our prayers for our loved ones. Let's continue to believe him in the areas where we serve, at the housing authority, other places, to believe him that if we're depending on his mercy, depending on his goodness, on his power, then that's a real faith. That's a commendable faith that's gonna bring him a good testimony. Okay, let's be people with that kind of faith because God wants to move in us, but it's not about us. It's not about us. <laughs> Praise God. Remind, let's remind ourselves of these promises. We, we all go through it and can get discouraged when we're praying for people or when we're, you know, trying to love someone, it can be discouraging when we don't see change. But that's where, okay, where's our faith? Is our faith in ourselves? Is our faith in what we see? Is our faith in our own intellect? Or are we gonna say, okay, God, you are able to do exceeding way beyond what I can ask or think and then it goes on to say, according to the power that works in me or in you, he wants to use you, his power. If you've received the Holy Spirit of God, repented of your sins, received forgiveness, his power works in you. Don't wait till you feel it. Don't wait until circumstances are perfect. Step out in faith. Pray for that person. Um, love that person, worship him. Let's be people of faith who trust in the power and the ability of God, not in our own efforts. If we focus on our weakness, on our shortcomings, then we're not gonna step out. God wants to use the kids, the children here, and he is using them. I make, I'm gonna share something in a little bit about something so precious that the Lord did. But um, so what excuses do I still make? What excuses do you still make to not walk in the power of God? What excuses are we making that God, well, you're not doing this or God, you, you can't use me or God, I'm not seeing change here. What are our excuses doing for us? Moses made an excuse. Lord, I'm slow of speech. Did God say, oh, you know what? You're right. In fact, let me just go get somebody else. No. Ultimately, the Lord was saying, okay, but I am with you. He was getting Moses' focus off of himself and onto God. Really, that's what this message is about. Let's get our eyes off of us and what we can do. And let's depend on his mercy Let's depend on his goodness, his integrity to his promises. And let's depend on his power. He parted the Red Sea. What? Jesus walked on water. What? Jesus took a man who was living utterly for self, utterly for self. Goodness, God, utterly for myself. And he's given me a a love and something different. He's doing that in us. God can actually give you something new in your heart. That's amazing to take a sinner who's devoted 
to living for self and just worshiping self and hurting others at his own expense. And God can show him his need, that he's in rebellion. But Jesus died on the cross for that rebellion. That Jesus died on the cross for that sin because he loves the man. Because he loves the woman. He loves people. And he can give that person something new. Something to walk in forgiveness and say, man, Lord, you're so good. What was I thinking? Lord, you've washed me. Lord, now you want to use me? Now you want me to share your goodness with other sinners? This is amazing. And you've got something for all eternity for me. I get to be with the God who created Mars and the nebulas and the black holes and the bears. And I get to be with him forever. Created grizzly bears. I mean, sharks. That's just like amazing to me. Like God, he's called us into relationship with him. The Holy Spirit's a down payment. We're going to taste something so amazing. These, what does it say in 2 Corinthians about light and momentary afflictions? What? Light and momentary? Paul went through some stuff. He's the one empowered by the Spirit of God. Again, that wasn't just Paul. That was the Holy Spirit saying, this is light and momentary. Do you even understand what I have for you? First Corinthians talks about that. Like, no eye has seen, no ear has heard the things God has prepared for those that love him. But then the next verse, I believe it talks about the Spirit reveals the deep things of God. This earth, the temporal things, is not, it's not our permanent home. Let's keep our gaze, our focus on Jesus and eternity. That will help shift our priorities and our values and our focus. We are a people of faith. We depend on the mercy of God, not our self-righteous works. We receive his mercy, okay? Daily. We depend on the integrity of God to keep his word. Your promises are true. He kept his word to Abraham. When it looked, Sarah's womb was barren, and Abraham, I believe, was 90 or 100 years old. God kept his promise to that man. And we are people who depend on the power of God. We're not just going to live life, you know what, yeah, God is good, and you know, maybe one day he'll bless. No, he changed my life. He can do it for you. The power of God. He, gi- he gives parents grace and power to raise their kids in a way that honors the Lord. That's the power of God. It's the power of God to help someone be patient and meek when you want to just snap. That's not that any of us deal with that, okay? But that's the power of God working in a human heart. But also, God still does supernatural miracles through the Holy Spirit. Um, because faith acts. It's the next thing I want to share. Faith is action. And what is the fifth book of the, of the New Testament? The book of Acts. But in my Bible, it says the Acts of the Apostles. I didn't say, it didn't, I mean, again, that's 
someone wrote that in there, but that's the acts of these people. Empowered by the Holy Spirit and in relationship with the Holy Spirit. That was God using a group of people, sinners that that were saved and redeemed, saying these are the acts that I did through them. These are what I did through them. This is the God we serve. He wants to use your life, the acts that he wants to do through your life. And let's be real, through our, us as one at Lighthouse. It's great to see something individually, but God is moving in this body and his church. Lighthouse is not special in the sense that we're better than anyone. We're not. We, we were and are, we were a mess for sure, and still are in ways. But that's what God does. He's still doing acts through his people. It's the Holy Spirit. And God is building our faith to do that. And it can be something wonderful and supernatural. Um, not too long ago, a brother prayed for another man who was having shoulder pain, and he told me later on that the pain was gone. That may seem small, but no, to that guy, that was a testimony of, wow, God was real. And I don't believe that man right now is walking with the Lord as far as I know. So God showed him something of his kindness. God wants to do things like that. Do we believe, oh God, you wouldn't use me? Or do we believe above what I can ask or think? You can do it. Not me, you can through me. Because I'm putting my trust in your mercy, not my abilities or inabilities. Let's be people who really trust God. But when we uh, drift in our faith or weaken, okay, it happens. Let's just confess. Let's get back in the game, back in the race of life, and let's just look to him again. He's there to wash us. He's there. And like Joshua, that's a beautiful testimony of God's just love. Sometimes it may be where we're too weak. I'm too weak to believe right now. That's why we have each other. We need each other. I'm telling the, we need each other. This is not a life to be lived out independently because the more independent I get, the further and further I'm getting in my heart set toward Jesus. If I'm, if I'm separating myself from the local body, it's most likely that I'm not as, uh, in, I'm not embracing Christ or um, loving him or really receiving from him like he wants me to. There's faith in the body of Christ. You know what else there is in the body of Christ? There's weakness. There's vulnerability. But that's where God is here to meet that. We don't, like blind Bartimaeus, we don't have, sometimes we want to act like we have it together. Act like we're, you know, and I do. I act like that. I want to think I have it together. But like blind Bartimaeus, son of David, have mercy on me. Let's just be willing to look like a fool. Listen, brother, would you pray for me? I'm really struggling. Or sister to sister, listen, would you please just keep me in prayer? I don't don't really want to share this, but just, I need help. Please come into my world. Lift me up. Pray for me. What do I need to do? That's why we have each other. God is knitting us together. God's doing something here. This has been beautiful, beautiful to be a part of the the river of the Holy Spirit, the river of Jesus that's happening in his body. Beautiful. That isn't 
say there's no struggle, there's never any disagreements. Come on now, that's, that's heaven, okay? Huh? So where there's no struggle. But anyways, but God is, there's, it's like this current of life, this current of love, this current of hope. And then he's taken it and he's using us to go share what he's given us with others. What a joy it is. How blessed are you when you take what God's given you and you pour it into someone else? Jeremy just went to uh, Mexico. I mean, I know God richly blessed him through that. And it might not be Mexico, it might be in your own house. Which I'm kind of just all over the place in some ways, but that does remind me. Faith depends on the power of God and faith acts. So I believe I mentioned it can be something supernatural, but this is important. It may not seem spectacular. The way God is using your life and wants to use your life, I know I would love to see a miracle. I would love to see like people just at the outreach come down, repent, be weeping, go uh, repent to their parents or whatever and just like serve their parents and just be a bold witness at their school. And can God do that? Yes. Should we believe him for that? Yeah, let's believe him for his will to be done. He wants to use our life. But sometimes it's the daily, seemingly mundane, commonplace things and tasks where God is working something in you for his glory. So do not discount or discredit cultivating faithfulness at home, faithfulness in your thought life, faithfulness to your spouse, faithfulness to your children, faithfulness to be responsible with your finances. I mean, these bring glory to God. So I just wanna encourage you. I mean, even the parents, those with like several kids, praise God. You can see miracles in your home, but you know what glorifies God when you raise your kids in the instruction of the Lord? It glorifies God and we're blessed by it. As a body, we're blessed. So just be encouraged that you can believe God to do beyond what you can ask or think in your family, for your kids, for whom you're praying for. But we must remember his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. It most likely won't happen exactly how we think we want it to happen. But that's part of faith. A commendable faith is in the waiting time, thanking him anyways, praising him anyways. God, I don't understand it, but Lord, you are faithful. Lord, you're working all things together for this person's good. Lord, I'm, I'm weak and tired, but your grace is sufficient. If God is for me, if God is for my daughter, who can be against her? That's faith. And then acting on that. He's building our faith. But again, I hope we're seeing it. This faith is not rooted in us. A commendable faith that brings a testimony to the Lord is not rooted in us. That blind beggar, when he was healed, at the very end, um, it said... In verse 43, immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, Jesus, glorifying God. 
And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. So God is wanting to use our lives. And as we live a life of faith, others are going to see it. Some may not like it. Some may resist it. But some are going to give praise to God. Some are going to want to know, listen, brother, you're going through a lot right now. How do you have a calm and a peace? How are you grateful and thanking God when this thing has happened? What's that all about? God is drawing people to himself. Let's be people of faith. It's a choice. It's a choice. But he gives us grace to do it. It's not just our determination. Again, commendable faith is rooted in Christ. It depends on God, okay? Our faith is not rooted in ourselves. However, uh, James teaches us that faith has action. In James 2.18, I'm just gonna read the last part. Well, no, I'll read the whole verse. You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. So your actions, my actions, really reveal what we believe. I can say one thing, but if I'm doing another thing, it's okay, I didn't really believe that. So can you have faith apart from works? Can you really trust God without works that follow? No. It's not our works that make us in right standing with God. It's not our works that enable us to receive mercy like blind Bartimaeus, but our works are motivated by his love for us. Our works are a response to what he did on the cross for us. And if we really believe that he is good, if we really believe that souls are dying and going to hell that have the wrath of God on them if they don't have a relationship with Jesus, if we really believe that, then we're gonna act accordingly. If we really believe that it's the way of Jesus to prefer my brother before myself, it's gonna be a fight in my heart. I still got a flesh, but then I'm gonna ask God for grace to do that. Then I'm gonna live that out over time. Remember Gideon, remember Moses. God was patient he sees where we're at. So let's not beat ourselves up. Like, Lord, I know I should love this person more than me, but I just, yeah. okay, be real with God. But in your weakness, depend on him. Depend on him. He's calling us to be people of faith, not people who just live an ordinary life. Again, that doesn't mean spectacular, but people of faith who are really, really depending on God. All right, this is kind of one of the last things uh, before I get to something else is faith prays and believes that God will move. I'm gonna read from James uh, chapter five, verse 16. Prayer is so important for a Christian. Prayer shows our dependence on God and it shows that we trust God, that he's a God of integrity. Um, so James chapter five, uh, verse 16 Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, 
fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Let me see what it says in my version. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. Verse 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain in the land for three years and six months. So what does that say? Elijah was a man like us. Elijah was not a superhero. He was a human being who had sin, but his faith was rooted in God, that God was a God of integrity. He was rooted in the mercy of God and the power of God. So he prayed and it did not rain. That's amazing. That's supernatural. All right, verse 18. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. So let's be encouraged. Again, this is with prayer. People of faith are gonna be a praying people. Now, don't make that into a law where if I don't pray 30 minutes a day or an hour a day, then I'm not a good Christian. Okay, it's important to have a devotional time with the Lord. It's helpful. It's how you cultivate his heart in a relationship. You're investing time. But in, I believe it's Thessalonians, Paul says to pray without ceasing. So prayer should be something throughout the day that we're doing. And then not just lifting it up, oh, whatever, but praying and believing God. It can be a small little prayer. It can be, but let's make it a prayer of faith. You know, like I love what Truly said. She said that she was trusting God when she's afraid. Is that right, Truly? She's following Jesus and she's trusting God when she's afraid. Well, you know what? You can pray to him throughout the day, Truly. When fear comes, you can trust him by standing on his word. And that's for all of us too. Prayers throughout the day, allows God really to intervene in our hearts and to reveal himself to us. I was so encouraged by truly sharing that. Trusting God when I'm afraid. How many of us get afraid like Gideon was? In some extent, we probably all do, but let's trust him in that. Let's trust him. Let's put our faith in him. Share a quick testimony and then uh, I believe there's something that uh, I would like to do that the Lord's put on my heart. Um, Regarding prayer, uh, we were at the housing authority uh, where we do our outreach um, maybe like a month ago, I don't know, but there was a mother, uh, Frank and I went with Aubrey and maybe a couple, I don't know if it was just us three, but there was a mother there and we invited her kids to come to our, uh, our meal Bible study and the kids weren't able to come because the kids were like, kind of arguing or fighting that day. Probably not physically, but uh, the kids were getting into it. So the mom was actually being a loving mom by disciplining them and saying, no, you can't go. So we encouraged her. You know what? We support you in, in your choice. You're disciplining your kids. Proper discipline is part of love. But something so beautiful, we decided to pray for her. But it was Aubrey. God, you're so good. I'm so, I don't that just touches my heart, but Aubrey stepped out in faith and just prayed. She prayed for these kids. Aubrey, how old are you? 12, praying, praying. She is connecting with God and trusting God to do something in these two kids' lives. 
Aubrey, 12 years old. That wasn't a long prayer. It's actually really genuine because she was talking about her own uh, battles with her sister at time or something, you know. It's like Aubrey was real. It's like, it can be difficult, you know, when you have siblings. But God used this beautiful girl, 12 years old, to pray for him to do something in these kids' lives. And I, I am so confident that, that mother was blessed. I trust that that did something in her. But do we believe that God actually heard Aubrey's prayer of faith and did something in those kids' lives? Do we believe in prayer? If we're looking at our words, if we're looking at our time, then we're not going to really believe him because we're looking at us. But if we're holding on to his word, it's in 1 John 5, 14. Um, and this is the confidence we have in him, that whatever we ask according to his will or his desire, he hears us. So if we're asking something, his desire, his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, we know we have what we've asked. We got to remind ourselves when we're praying sometimes, Lord, it seems like you're distant. I don't, you know, but your word says this. I'm gonna pray in faith and I'm gonna trust you. So let's be people of prayer and let's trust God. Let's trust God. Praise God. Um, I wanna do one thing and then I'm gonna close. Um, we all have needs, like I mentioned earlier. And God wants to meet our needs. But it doesn't come the way of our own choosing. He will meet our needs as we humble ourselves and surrender to his lordship, his kindness, his mercy, okay? God wants to meet your needs, every need, okay? But it's his way, not ours. He uses the body. So what I would like to do, I'd like to take about five minutes, maybe even less, actually. And anyone that has a need that you just really want some prayer, I'm gonna ask that you would just let it be known and just raise your hand. It can be something serious or it may be something smaller, but I'm gonna ask for anyone, not asking you right now to come down here, but just raise your hand and hold it up. If there's a need in your life and you're like, you know what, Lord, I would, I would welcome some prayer, then please, please raise your hand. Okay, thank you, thank you, okay. And keep your hand up. This is the second thing I'm asked to do. And we're, we're, this is faith. This is God working through us in faith. Keep your hand up. That's wonderful. We don't deny our need. We don't act like we got it together. We got needs, but we're depending on him. The second thing I'm gonna ask is this, probably no more than three to five minutes. I'm gonna ask the body of Christ to look and see where the hands are. And this is what I'm asking. Come around them and pray. And it can be one or two people lift up this person's needs. You can ask, ask her, hey, what can I pray for you for? Or, hey, brother, what am I praying for you? Or just pray. But this is also what I'm gonna ask. Those of you who may normally not pray, those of you who sit back maybe a little bit more, who are you depending on? Who is your faith rooted in? Let it be rooted in God. And you step up and pray. You be the one to pray for someone else. 
Believe God for a healing. Believe God for repentance. Believe God for comfort. You pray and intercede. So, uh, Josh, okay, praise the Lord. He's asking for prayer, okay? Um, so let's just do that. Take three, three to five minutes. Um, just look at hands around. I don't, this might look kind of messy, but just get out of your chair and let's just pray for our brothers and sisters. Let's take three to five minutes, maybe one or two people praying, and let's just do this in faith. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Somewhere in the Bible, it talks about weeping with those who weep, um, rejoicing with those who rejoice. A lot of people don't have that. A lot of people don't have someone that will weep with them with God's love. A lot of people don't have someone who will believe with you with faith. They may weep and have the mindset of the world to say, oh, well, you deserve better. Oh, you know, you deserve a break. You deserve this, you know. But what a treasure to have people that will weep with the love of Christ, people that will come alongside you and pray with you and believe God with you. People who will rejoice with you like we did with Truly Sue, rejoicing with the Doppy family. And people who will love you enough to speak the truth in love. Like, listen, my sister, what does God's word say? I know you want to go this way, but what is the truth? What does your loving Heavenly Father say? We, it's, a, it's a blessing to have a relationship with God the Father and to be part of a body of Christ, the body of Christ where the Holy Spirit is moving. Again, supernaturally and wonderful things that we see, but supernaturally in our hearts, knitting us together. It's amazing. And do you know what? It's only gonna get better. The trials may get more difficult. The struggles may get harder. As the way this, things are going in this nation, who knows? But you know what? It's gonna get better for the Christian who has a commendable faith that depends on God's mercy, that depends on the integrity of Almighty God, and who's leaning and relying on the power of God, it's only gonna get better, church, though it may not seem like it in the natural. We have to be people abiding in the spirit of God. Praise the Lord. It, it's a blessing to come together and pray together. That was just beautiful to watch, and I know it was beautiful to be a part of, seeing people come together and step out in faith. And let's believe God for our brothers and sisters. Let's carry that on. Praise God. So I'm gonna uh, close with um, a verse. You've, you've heard me say commendable faith. Um, I get that from Hebrews 12, verse, excuse me, Hebrews 11. Ken, like, looking at me like, hold up, Troy. He Hebrews 11, verse two. Did I share that one with you? Okay. Um, so this is, this is like the, the heroes of faith that we call the heroes of faith. These are the people that, their faith is in the Bible for the things they did. But was their faith rooted in themselves or their abilities or their circumstances? Absolutely not. 
They trusted in an invisible God, but they knew he was real and God did amazing things through them. Shut the mouths of lions, conquered kingdoms, but also some of them were martyred, sawn in two. This is crazy stuff. But they were so deeply rooted in God. Are they different than us? Are they, you know, no. It's just they had a dependency on God in a union with him that was amazing. And look what the Bible says about them. In verse two, for by it, the elders, by it, meaning by faith, obtained a good testimony. My version says, by it, or faith, the people of old received their commendation. They obtained a good testimony. Oh, how sweet it would be to obtain a good testimony from God that we were a people of faith that we would bring glory to him by living our lives by faith individually but as a church that would be amazing for Jesus to say I commend your faith your faith wasn't in your self-righteous works your faith wasn't in your circumstances, but it was in my finished work on the cross. Your faith what I, was that I'm the same God that parted the Red Sea, that wanted to um, set you free from uh, patterns of sin, and I did it in you. Let's be a people that have a, a, a good testimony of faith. God wants to do that in us. So what about us? They obtained a good testimony. What about our families? Are we gonna be people of faith to keep praying for our families, to believe God for our families, to invest time in our families? Or will we, because of the cares of life, stop seeking God? No, no, we will press on. We will keep believing him by his grace through faith, by the power of the Holy Spirit. What about our outreach at the housing authority? And soon, Lord willing, at um, Locust Ridge, another place. Are we gonna have a good testimony of what God is doing in our lives? Or will we allow the trials of life to uh, stifle the faith he's put in us? No, by the grace of God. Let's be a people who keep trusting in God. So there's a testimony going forth in the housing authority and in these other places. Let's have a commendable faith that's rooted in God and not in us. At the counseling center, what about your gifts, the gifts he's given you? Be a person of faith. I'm telling you, God is building faith in us and it's happening. It's not just this message. It's been happening. Even Lauren, stepping out in faith with these, the, the movie night. I think it's wonderful. He's got questions, you know. They're gonna help the kids think through. I think it's just Faith, faith is happening here. Faith is happening. Praise God, praise God. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm just thankful. Um, I am gonna ask everyone to go ahead and stand. We're gonna close. And um, wow. All right, um, yeah. So today we were talking about faith. Where is your faith? If, you're, if you have not seen your need to be saved, your need to be redeemed, 
then today is the day of salvation. Today's the day to just say, you know what, God? I'm turning from self-reliance to Christ-reliance. And if you have never placed your faith, like placed your trust, your assurance, your conviction with actions that will follow, then why wait? God is calling you to know him, to participate in something in your soul and spirit that is life-giving, better than the things of the world. I've been there. He is so much sweeter, so much more satisfying and loving. I just want to extend this offer. If you have never surrendered and put your faith in Christ, repented of a sinful, rebellious life, here's a family of God that wants to embrace you and to love you and the Holy Spirit wants to cleanse you through faith. But your faith plays a part. So if you would like to do that, then just come on down to the altar. It's, the altar doesn't save you, but this is what it does. It gives you an opportunity to publicly say that you're trusting in Jesus, but secondly, to have someone come alongside you and pray with you. So I'm just extending that invitation right now. Go ahead and come on up and just trust in the invisible but loving and holy God. Holy God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father, for drawing souls to know Jesus, to trade um, self-reliance for Christ's reliance, Lord. If you're contemplating it, I encourage you, just trust God. Again, it's not about this altar call. You just put your faith in Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus. And we do invite you down. But secondly, if you, I know we had a time of prayer, but if you would like prayer for something else or you've noticed that your faith has been in your own works or that you've allowed the lies of the devil to keep you from believing in the goodness of God, or if you've lived in fear and not been stepping out in the power of God, I invite you down. No one has to necessarily pray with you, but you can come to this altar and just repent before the Lord and receive the washing of the water of the word and renewal of the Holy Spirit. He wants to do that in your life. So I'm just gonna open this. We're gonna take a, at least a few more minutes just to give people the opportunity just to, to really repent and be refreshed in his presence. So if you would like that, if you need to, you come on down right now and you just trust the Lord. You trust the Lord that he has something good for you. He's such a good heavenly father.